The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. As with any meditation practice, in this form of practice there will be times when following the basic instructions is not easy, it's not possible, because something is happening that is sticky or challenging. And, um, and so as with any meditation practice, there are tools that are available that we can work with when things are challenging. Sometimes it's just not possible to, with a very strong reactivity, a strong anger or frustration arising, to just sit back and say, oh, this is frustration arising, or this is anger arising. It may not be, it may not be that simple. If it is, if you are able to do that, then the practice is one of trusting that that is enough even if it feels like the, the reactivity isn't dissipating, as I, as I talked about this morning. You know, there are times when we see some kind of reactivity and it's, um, it's sticky. And so we may be able to recognize, oh, so sticky reactivity is happening. If we can be with it in that way, be aware, be with the experience, trusting that that will have a, a transformative impact for our practice. And that trust in that grows over time, our confidence in the capacity that our minds have to meet experience and allow things to shift and transform through it, our kind of natural wisdom, that, uh, that takes some trust, but it does grow over time. And yet there are times when it feels like whatever reactivity is happening is, it's like this huge wave, uh, like a tsunami of some kind of emotional reactivity. And maybe our mindfulness feels like just a little trickle. And so how do we work with it at that point? So um, to keep things simple this afternoon, I'm going to just offer you four things I found useful in working with difficulty. Four tools. There are more. <laughs> and yet this is, a, this is maybe enough to get you started. So the first one, the first tool, if it feels challenging, if something feels challenging, is check the attitude, check the relationship with what's happening. If there is reactivity, if when reactivity is strong, there is some kind of unseen idea, view, belief, relationship that is kind of fueling that reactivity. So that's the first thing you can check into. Okay, so this is happening. This, this, this anger is happening, or this frustration is happening. And, um, and what is the relationship to that? I'm right. You're wrong. I deserve better. <laughs> Some, something. There's something underneath there. It, it can be a variety of things. And yet often there is something that is not seen when reactivity is strong. There's something that's, that's underneath that is not seen. And so sometimes the attitude is a way in to exploring or opening to um, that underlying um, stickiness 
that can be keeping the, the difficulty going. So that's the first tool. Check the attitude. If you're really struggling, check your relationship with your experience. Sometimes what I've seen in my own practice is that when, I, when, when the mind acknowledges the relationship, like I might be sitting with some kind of pain, some kind of really um, unpleasant physical sensation, ache in the knee or something, and, and it just feels like it's screaming pain. And um, at some point checking in, and what's my relationship to this? I don't like this. I think it's a problem. It needs to go away. When my mind can recognize, oh, that's what's happening. There's unpleasant sensation, and, and I don't like it. That's what's going on. Sometimes the mind can relax enough to hold unpleasantness and not liking. Unpleasantness and, or pain, physical pain, and wanting it to go away. That's what's happening. So sometimes checking the attitude can be just the right tool to support your your capacity to be with the experience. So that's the first one. The second one is, um, and this one I found very useful because sometimes when something is challenging happening in our experience, it's, it's like the mind gets kind of stuck to it. And it, it, it's like it becomes our world. It's almost like, um, you know, if we, if we think about kind of a visual image of our reactivity being like this pool of messiness. It's like our head is stuck in that pool and that's all that we can see is that messiness. And so it's like the, the difficulty consumes our attention. And sometimes all that we need to do is just remind ourselves this is not the only thing happening in the present moment. There's a lot going on in the present moment. And so consciously broadening the container and recognizing, yep, there's that thing happening, that frustration or that confusion or that hostility or that anger, that um, desire. That's happening. And... And there's seeing happening, and there's hearing happening, and there's body sensation, and there's a breath happening. Oh, and there's that frustration happening. And so it's not, it's not trying to not know that that thing is happening or to, to, to kind of step away from it in a way or to, to not attend to it, but it is recognizing that there's a lot going on around it. And so broadening the container, essentially, of what we are aware of to include kind of a bigger field. This can have a kind of a normalizing effect on our minds because when, our, when it's like the, the, that reactivity is our whole world, that um, the, the mind can get, get caught in that and uh, spin with thoughts around it. And when we kind of step back and recognize, well, actually, there's a lot going on here. It's, it's like we, we recognize that there's more to our experience than that one thing. Yes, that is one piece of it, and there's a lot more happening. So that's the second, the second tool. Checking the attitude. Second one, step back. See, can you hold that difficulty in a larger field? The third one is... Um, 
using information, using knowledge, understanding that we have intellectual level perhaps, maybe not at the experiential level, but at the, at the intellectual level, perhaps through the teachings, through the understandings um, of what the Buddha taught, we might be able to bring in some reflections. This is impermanent, it won't last. This is conditioned. Of course, the, the of course this is happening. Of, the of course recognition is one of my favorite, my favorite wisdom recognitions. Of course this is happening. The mind has been conditioned to, to in this direction for so many years. It has participated in so many acts of anger in the past. Of course there's a tendency for the mind to move towards anger. It's, it's natural. It's, this is nature is another wisdom reflection that I find useful. And this, this experience that's happening right now is a result of conditions. Conditions from my own, my own choices in the past, how, I, how things are happening here in relationship to what's happening, the conditioning from my history, my family, my culture, and the conditions of the world. All of these conditions are coming together. And this is the result in this mind, in this moment. This is nature. It's kind of like acknowledging, you know, this is the tree that's growing here. Like, this is nature. Of course this is happening. So a few wisdom reflections. The, you know, this is impermanent. This is conditioned. Variations on this is conditioned. Of course this is happening. This is nature. Um... So those are, those are a few kinds of wisdom reflections. And you can, over time, as you see understandings in your own experience, um, one, one for myself, an example of this for myself, um, was that at one point in observing self-hatred in my, in my experience, this was a multi-year project, getting familiar with, opening to self-hatred. And um, uh, at some point, understanding something fundamental about the self-hatred and how that was constructed was that there was the arising of a thought and believing of that thought. I'm no good. And that being believed. And the, 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 the mind seeing that, it wasn't an idea. It wasn't the mind like, thinking about it or trying to understand it from a rational perspective, the mind saw in the moment, as self-hatred arose, this thought arise and the whole belief process around it. So it was a direct seeing. And the, uh, the way this expressed itself in my mind in that moment, this is just a thought. This self-hatred is just a thought. It has no inherent reality. And that framing, this is just a thought, became a very powerful uh, wisdom reflection for me as uh, I met experience reactivity in my mind. This is just a thought. 
And so sometimes we can have our own understanding that arises, our own framing of it, our own, the, the, the language of our wisdom, it will express itself in some way. And uh, as you notice those, those, that languaging can be some of the most powerful languaging for helping yourself to meet experience. Now in the future, in, in, after I notice that this is just a thought that that understanding in that moment, there was a lot of freedom that happened around that self-hatred. And the, the, um, this is just a thought was kind of more of a, an expression of the wisdom that was understood. It wasn't the wisdom itself. And, and so, you know, using that support, that understanding, that wisdom, as I began to see things, you know, oh, this, this arising of, of resistance, this is, this is connected to a thought here. You know, that the using of that wisdom, because that thought is not the wisdom itself, is not the thing that freed the mind itself, it doesn't necessarily have the power to have that kind of freeing happen. But it, what it can do is create the conditions for the mind to relax a little bit. Like, oh, right, this is just a thought. Maybe I can know it as a thought. And so, you know, sometimes when we have that kind of wisdom that arises uh, or, or thought that arises in connection with wisdom, we think it's the thought that's freeing us. And then we try to use that thought later and then wonder, why isn't it working this time? Well, it's not working because it wasn't the initiation. It wasn't the thing that freed the mind. It was a kind of the mind's understanding and expression of that freedom. The mind's understanding and expression of that wisdom. And yet... Those, those articulations of the understanding can be some of the most um, resonant, resonant ways to touch into our own inner wisdom. And so when you, when you have an insight um, and there's a way in which your mind expresses it, oh, this is just whatever. Maybe it's, that's, that's a way. That's another one that I've used. This is just anger. This is just confusion. Um, then that can support the mind being a little more balanced around a difficulty. So, noticing the attitude, opening to a bigger container. There's a lot happening. And this is happening. This is kind of the and practice I talked about earlier. It's like, yep, that, that reactivity is happening. And there's seeing, and there's hearing, and there's other bodies. Oh, and there's that reactivity. So that's the and practice, the bigger container. Then um, using uh, wisdom, understanding. This tool of using wisdom is actually something the Buddha spoke about. And he, he offered, in particular, he offered recognizing this is impermanent. And this is not me. This is not mine. This is not who I am. So understanding the not-self nature, using it as a kind of a support for us. So the wisdom reflections. The fourth one is kind of the one to use um, when nothing else works. And that is, um, it's, it's what I call the not now practice. <laughs> Whenever something is so overwhelming, and, and you might try some of these other tools first. Um, but if you find in, in trying to be with that 
reactivity. If you just get, keep continually get pulling into, pulled into the whirlpool of that reactivity, like trying to be mindful of it, you just find yourself swamped back in the thoughts and the reactivity. Minutes later, you're waking up, oh, wow, I really got caught again. You try again and you're sunk again. It's pulled into the rabbit hole over and over again. Then it's probably, then probably the, um, the mindfulness isn't quite strong enough to meet it, even with the support of these tools. And so in that case, uh, the practice I like to suggest is, is kind of acknowledging the experience. So, yeah, I see you. And often when something is strong like that, it's, it's kind of like it's wanting to be seen in some fashion. It, it is wanting to be acknowledged. We, the, the, the difficulties, the reactivity that's happening, some of the strongest ones have been repressed for a long time. And as we open to mindfulness, it's kind of like they're saying, oh, there's space for me to come out now. Can I come out too? And uh, sometimes they're so strong that we can't really meet them or be with them. And so, um, you know, I kind of have this practice of acknowledging. It's like, I see you. And I see that you're kind of asking for some attention. And mindfulness isn't quite strong enough right now. So you can stay in the room with me. You can take a walk with me. But I'm going to put my attention on something else. I'm going to put my attention on my feet or my hands. Often if there is... Or hearing. Hearing is a really helpful practice if there's reactivity um, because it's out of the field of the body. When there's strong reactivity happening, usually the body is engaged somehow. In particular, you'll feel it probably between your, your nose. <laughs> Physically, you'll feel it kind of in this area, the, the, the bulk of the torso area. All of this visceral area can feel very tight and constricted. The heart may be pounding. The breath may be involved. And so attending to body sensation and attending to the breath in particular can just like cycle us back to the reactivity because the body is, is engaged with the reactivity. And so finding some way to pay attention or something to land on that is not in this kind of visceral area can be helpful. So the, 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 the extremities, hands, feet, noticing, hearing, those are, those are really useful um, tools for redirecting the attention. Something strong and what I found useful is something neutral, it's possible some of you may find and some of you may have cultivated the practice of metta uh, sufficiently that that may be available for you as a counterbalancing um, tool or go-to place when there's reactivity. Um, at the beginning of my practice, I found that trying to shift from a strong reactivity to metta was too big of a leap for my mind. Um, it didn't feel like when I shifted to metta that this, that the reactivity was truly being allowed to be in the room with me. It felt like the mind was like, you know, trying to not feel that in order to connect with the, the practice of feeling, um, connecting with the love, caring uh, for either myself or other, other beings. And so for myself, I found something in the middle. So just turning to something neutral was really helpful. 
Just noticing my feet touching the ground if I was walking. Something really simple. So this not now practice, it's, it's really important that you not um, repress the feeling or try to push it down. It, it is very much like, yep, you can stay with me, but I'm going to put my attention over here. You know, kind of like you might do with a, a young child that's really wanting attention and yelling, screaming at you, pay attention, will you pay attention to me? It's kind of like, you know, I see you, and right now I have something to do, and so you need to be quiet. You're welcome to stay here in the room with me. You can stay right here, and I'll be with you when I'm done with this. You know, so it's kind of that movement. It's gentle. It's compassionate for that part of our minds. It's not in any way giving a sense that that part of our mind is bad or wrong. It's just not, not able to be met in this moment, not able to be held with a kind of a, a loving awareness or a loving attention. And so shifting to something. The Buddha actually talked about this as a kind of a skillful ignoring. He actually, he talked about this with uh, difficulty. If there's something very sticky, he said, you cannot attend to it. Turn your attention to something else. So that kind of, of, of shift. Turn your attention to something else. It doesn't have to be a repression. It's just let it be and put your attention elsewhere. Really helpful to not... So we could say it's a kind of a skillful distraction. You're distracting your mind from that, from that uh, difficulty. But what I'd say is that the usual ways that we've distracted ourselves by trying to you know, lose our, our, mind, our mind in something else, maybe you know, turning on the radio or, or you know, watching television or going on the internet, you know, that kind, if, we, if we are trying to distract ourselves through something mindless, then probably our mind will find something in that mindless distraction that's related to that reactivity and it'll just cycle itself back into it. So, um, so, so, you know, suppose I'm, I'm experiencing anger and that, you know, that anger is, uh, you know, just, it's the reactivity, it's strong. And, and then it's like, okay, I don't want to, I, I don't want to pay attention to that anger. So I'm going to put on the radio. And then what I hear on the radio is, is somebody expressing an opinion that's got anger in it. There I am back in my anger. Um, so yeah, and, and it can happen in many ways. It might be just through seeing something. It could be something neutral. Maybe it's a, it's a commercial that talks about uh, food. And what you're angry at is something related to food. <laughs> and so, you know, just the, there's, there's so many pathways into our reactivity that it's, sometimes it's like pretty much any external stimulus can... can wrap you back into it. And so, you know, finding something that you can connect with that's pretty neutral, that, that helps to demagnetize the attention towards that difficulty. So those are the four, four tools. Um, checking the attitude, opening to a larger container, what else is happening right now, uh, acknowledging um, bringing some wisdom, actually thoughts of, of wisdom to the experience. And not now. 
just letting yourself take a break from it. Sometimes, too, being with something for a while, it can just feel very heavy. And sometimes it can just be useful to, to step back from it, to give yourself a break from that reactivity. A mindful break from the reactivity. So um, let's do another meditation. And in this meditation, um, you might find it useful at times if something gets strong to open to one of these tools. Um, um, And yet I'm going to drop in a kind of a, a, a new area or a different exploration into this into this guided meditation <clears throat>